Hello and welcome to the C21 podcast. My name's Jonathan Webdale. We hope you're safe and well wherever you may be. Coming up in this episode, a couple of format specialists for you, talking about the kinds of shows that are proving popular with broadcasters around the world right now and what they're looking to acquire for production and sales moving forwards. Sophie Ferron is Chief Executive of Montreal-based Media Ranch, a creator and distributor of factual, reality and lifestyle programming, which also has a deal to represent formats from Danish public broadcaster DR. But first, Banerjee Group Head of Format Acquisitions Carlotta Rossi-Spencer, who works across the Paris-headquartered entertainment giant's 16-territory footprint, with unscripted brands spanning Temptation Island, Survivor and WifeSwap. C21's Inigo Alexander started off asking her what the impact of the global coronavirus pandemic has been on the company so far. Of course, it has had an impact on everyone. And I think, you know, I'm speaking for Banerjee, but also in, in general for the industry. We, we have been forced, as many, to take some, you know, time out on some of our productions. But this has, you know, it, it also means that at the same time, we are working to get those back in place. We are working to get more and more titles commissioned. So it is an interesting moment where in the, in the short period of time in the, in the phase one, which was like the immediate response has been quite tough, but it has been quite tough on everyone. Where we are now is moving forward, is uh, you know, getting more stuff going, being extremely creative, which is a key aspect of this time. And we still have seen many shows that are on track and carrying on. Uh, All Against One continues to perform in the Nordics. Denmark stands together is something that we got commissioned right away when everything was seeming, you know, relentlessly stopping. The Free European Song Contest in Germany, Luke Alone at Home in Germany. So, you know, Touche Pas Mon Post never stopped in France. They just did it from the house of the host. So there's a lot of like immediate reaction to this. And it was never what I have seen and what we have seen. And it was never negative. It was always, okay, what can we do? How can we react in the best possible way? So I think that is, uh, you know, key in all crises, um, especially in what we are going through in general as as an industry. Of course, we are exploring and testing options like everything and everyone, you know, how can we uh, adapt to what is going to happen in the next few months? That is what we're concentrating on now with our shows. Um, Some of them are, you know, very big and we need to travel. So we will see how to do those. It doesn't mean that they will stop, but it means we have to adapt. And you mentioned that there are a number of shows that, that are still on track that haven't been immediately affected by the pandemic. But has there been any impact on the supply chain in general? Well, I mean, luckily, we have a very, very vast catalogue, um, as you know. So what we have been doing is looking at our catalogue, lo- looking at our own titles that we can adapt and we can uh, look at to fill some of the slots. But it's not, you know, it's slots that broadcasters are need to be filled up. Um, slots that, you know, we can we can look to and and start working on. So that is number one, looking at our catalog. And number two is being, as I was saying before, being creative. And the fact that we have time to be creative at this point will bring us, you know, very, very interesting formats in the next few months. I have been speaking with some of our producers who are actively coming up with new ideas that are quite on the mark. And the other thing that is important, I think, in general is that, yes, we are producers. So, of course, we look at it from a content point of view, but we need to work together and we are working together with the broadcasters. 
and with the advertisers, because at the end of the day, you know, we're all affected immensely by what is happening. So we're all in it to, to see how we can solve the issue. So broadcasters need us. They need advertisers. We need the broadcasters. We need at the same time, you know, the money that goes into the broadcasters. So I think it's, it's the phase, the different phases, as I was telling you before, one, two, and then three, hopefully, when we finally get to the long term is is a teamwork and for us of course it is content uh, for others it is something else but we are extremely concentrated on uh, getting back to uh, working in the best possible scenario in safety and looking towards you know providing still very high standard and high quality content and when it comes to content what type of content or format are you looking to acquire at the moment is it titles that reflect the mood of the atmosphere? I mean, is it sort of COVID format, so to say, where you can, you know, pick up a format and just reproduce it remotely from home? Or are they formats to just try and get the viewers entirely distracted and thinking of something else? I think the second one, to tell you the truth, I think people are, um, uh, you know, and we're all in, you know, we are professionals. You are on the other side and I'm on this side. We're all professionals. But at the same time, we are people that are stuck at home. And um, I think you don't want to, you know, whereas in the, in the immediate reaction was, boom, let's, let's try to find something that talks about people stuck at home. I think that is over. I think the next phase is looking, you know, towards everything. It's a natural reaction to a bad time. The natural reaction to a bad time is looking at comfort, looking at comedy, looking at something that makes you laugh and makes you, for that moment, escape from what has been happening until that time. So, uh, you know, we have a lot of shows, luckily, that um, cater to that. Um, and that, you know, we have, we get all those temptation islands and the survivors and um, how we can use those to get back to normality and looking at how, people will still be able to interact and still be able to go to places that are far away from what you have been living until now. I think we did focus for a little bit in things that we could, um, you know, use right away. We have been luckily, you know, some of the things that we have picked up in the past, we've been able to extend the capacity of those contracts and, and cater to the, to the right to the moment. But at this moment, if you ask me today, I think it's more about medium long term and, and the, the boxes that I need to take are um, the comfort, the family viewing, the um, happy place. Um, so it's, you know, the entertainment, I think the light, light entertainment and anything that takes you away from the news, because that's, a, that's, you know, hard hitting news is what we have to read and we have to know about. But at the same time, we need to be continuing uh, with the entertainment. Those are, are, are the top of my list. And if I can add comedy to that, then it does take all the boxes. And in terms of um, the impact the pandemic has had on your acquisitions budget, how, how have you managed that? So, um, you know, actually it has been, uh, we've been very lucky for me. It has been, you know, business as usual. I have been able to, as I was saying earlier, ex extend some of the contracts that we already had. And for example, we did pick up a show that is called Too Much Information that was on um, YouTube a while back in the States. And now it's, it's available for all our territories, which is actually, it has a, a, a function of being something that you can pitch immediately, but also that you can work on for the next few months. So those are the kind of shows that I will still be looking at, that I'm still currently looking at. I am looking at, as I was saying, like light entertainment, entertainment. It doesn't, for, for me, from an acquisitions point of view, this is a time to even be more concentrated 
if ever we weren't, <laughs> but even more concentrated on exactly what might be the next step. And what sort of impact do you expect in the sort of medium to long term after the pandemic is over? Do you think the supply chain is going to be extremely congested with a huge, huge amount of, um, you know, COVID content that is now being able to be produced? Or do you think the supply chain is going to uh, run out, run dry and run out of ideas? No, I think the supply chain will not run out of ideas. But I also think that in the moment where you have to adapt, we all will. We have to be smart about it, I think. And, and the adaptation means putting everyone into um, safe environments, first of all. So we're all working together to see what that means in different regions. You, you've been reading about everything. And so local governments are taking decisions as we speak. Having so many companies around the world and being able to do so many productions around the world, we have to pay attention to that. But that also means being able to restore our main titles in the best possible way, plus adding new ones. And that goes back to the immense creativity that is coming out of this moment. And we're now almost two months into the working from home routine. It's sort of become the new normal. Um, but one thing that's lacking, obviously, from this part of the year is all the usual markets and the usual conferences where a lot of deals are signed and a lot of shows are bought and sold. So is that something that is lacking in your calendar or do you think that you've managed to get by without the usual, uh, the usual conferences? So it has been interesting. You know, we've seen uh, our favorite moment of the MIP, the Fresh conference um, online. And we got the information and luckily we have these great possibilities of getting all the information. What I have done on my end is basically had, I've had meetings, the same meetings that I would have had at MIP, I've had them on Zoom. With Zoom, I think you have a little bit more time and you, you, you can take a little bit more time to look at the content and speak to the people and see where they are and know the goals that they have with that content. So that has been very interesting. Um, I think it has taught me and my team that maybe we need to take a little bit more time when we have those meetings also in person when we finally can go back to just you know analyze even one title but analyzes analyze it in in with a little bit more conscience that has been very positive and so as i have been receiving pitches from distributors and, and producers that i meet at the same time for example our own colleagues at banerjee rights have been pitching and have been doing their screenings for especially for the scripted genre online for their clients so it is very interesting to see how things might change but at the same time they are still working banerjee group head of format acquisitions carlotta rossi spencer speaking with inigo alexander inigo also spoke with sophie ferron Chief Executive of Montreal-based Media Ranch, and heard how the company has carved out a new category of formats within its catalogue designed to appeal to buyers looking to emerge from the COVID-19 crisis as soon as possible. For Media Ranch, the uh, impact was, um, was really fast coming because I was in France uh, on vacation and I was supposed to fly back uh, through Paris to see uh, the shooting of uh, the recording of our format Surprise, Surprise, that was just re recently relaunched in France. And uh, I decided at the last minute to not go through Paris because I was uh, getting a little nervous about the, the, the virus, which is really unusual for me. And, uh, and then I just learned that it was the last shooting uh, permitted uh, in France. So we were very, very lucky to be able to have finished the show. So that was one impact. And then we were supposed to 
be panel panelists uh, on South by Southwest, that which was canceled. We had a great panel with um, Mike Beal from ITV, Lizette Van Diepen, and Haley Baker back up from A and E. So that was all canceled, and then so we went home like everybody else, and MIP TV was canceled as well. So March was supposed to be a very crazy month. And it's, it was crazy, but in another way, we went home and we launched our virtual uh, format slate, like our MIP TV slate, but as we usually do. And we just uh, kept our meetings scheduled for MIP TV and we just did them from home uh, on uh, virtually uh, on Zoom or on Teams or whatever. And so, and it hasn't stopped since. We've been extremely, extremely busy pitching our, our format. As you mentioned there, all the industry events have been cancelled. It's a bit of a question mark when we're going to see the, the industry events pick up again. But in what other ways have the cancellations impacted the way you would usually go about business besides the virtual meetings, etc.? How has it forced you to shift your focus? Well, you know, usually we have a peak in sales, obviously, in uh, April and May due to the mid-TV. 95% of our businesses in Europe. So MIP-TV was still an important market for us. So how did it change? Well, I think people are very much interested now in getting post-COVID. They are all looking for the next best format to come out. And we even created a new category called QTFs, quick turnaround formats, because everybody's seeking out uh, seeking us out to get those formats that are quick and high volume and easy to produce post COVID. So that changed the way we pitched or we, the way we, we sell. That's, that's a big impact for us. The question is not if there's a demand for content. The question is how will we serve that demand? How will we be able to produce? So. This is our main concern as well. So when we pitch it, we pitch our shows also, and you can produce it this way and that way, knowing that for the next months uh, months and perhaps years, we'll need to change the way we produce. Um, could you just tell me a little bit about what exactly you would consider a QTF? What type of formats would tick the boxes for a QTF? What, what things are you looking to, to produce? Well, a QTF is a format that has not a lot of lead time, not a lot of pre-production necessary. And you can do high volume, but also it has to have that big idea as well. So it's not a, a balance that is easy to achieve. I'm thinking just True Sex Confession, which is an older format that we created that now we put it in our QTF catalog because it's a short prep time. You can, you can have limited crew but it's a big idea, you know, it, it does resonate. Or you can have another one that we have, uh, it's a DR format called Overruled, and it's an in-studio show. So it's high volume and, and uh, not a lot of prep time. So this for us are QTFs. And also we have new formats that are QTFs, but also we are looking at our formats right now and having the QTFs variations. So this could be the, this is the format, but you can do it this way or that way, and then it becomes a QTF. It's all studio-based. I think the, in the next year, we'll see a lot of studio-based shows. Obviously a lot of 
well, all viewers basically are locked away at home and they're seeking of ways to distract themselves from coronavirus and the lockdown. So, you know, escapist content, fantastic fantasy content rather, has, has become a bit of a hit. In terms of formats, what type of formats do you see have become more popular during the pandemic? It's funny because we um, we uh, we receive briefs of uh, especially for the uh, United States of what they're looking for, what what the buyers are looking for. We receive perhaps five like four briefs a week, and it's all about big ideas, big big shiny floor, big entertainment. Like nobody wants intimate shows shot in the context of a home because we all see that fatigue. People are, have been Zooming or teaming all day. They don't want to see that on TV. There are shows right right now like that, but the ratings aren't that high. I mean, they won't. it won't be sustainable because people will want the big, fresh and uh, big entertainment. So f- that's what we're seeing. That's what we're seeing the market going to. And a lot in comedy also, a lot of uh, ask for comedy. And it all makes sense because we're all at home right now and just dealing with a pandemic. So comedy always makes a comeback when there are issues in the world. And as a result of the pandemic, besides the development of the QTFs that you mentioned, uh, what other areas have you shifted your focus onto to try and uh, mitigate the impact of the pandemic? Well, you know, we're just trying to follow the trend. And right now, our, we were lucky. We are lucky. We have a very good catalog of a lot. We have so many unscripted formats. It's incredible. So our focus is actually on selling our catalog, which is doing quite well, actually. So, And we're following the trend. And the trend is about big, shiny floor shows. Well, we're getting a lot of big, shiny floor shows now. We, we've, since the pandemic, we acquired... I would say six new formats. So, so we're very happy about following that trend and having all that fresh catalog and fresh content. And we have a lot of mar- uh, meetings throughout the world for our paper formats. A lot of people are seeking us out for paper formats, and and that's what we do. We, we do like hours, session like two hour sessions, brainstorm for for paper formats, and that's a trend everywhere around the world. Canada is facing quite a big financial hit from the pandemic. I think it's just shy of $2 billion that the Canadian industry is uh-huh. expecting to lose. How are you looking to tailor that impact, um, both as a Canadian producer, but also as a company that works internationally? How are you trying to mitigate that financial hit? Well, you know, our bankers are our best friends right now. <laughs> so uh, obviously, a lot of our time is uh, restructuring um, financial uh, you know fi- financing but the 95 percent of our business is outside of canada and again uh, yes we will have a hit but again i we're we're I, I don't think we will be hit in a bad way for us for us it's an op- opportunity because we do unscripted formats and there is such a great need for them for for right now that like i said this we will see a huge surge of unscripted uh, shows on air very soon so for us there's there is an impact for cash flow reasons obviously but other than that it's i think it's a major opportunity we saw a certain we saw a big interest for unscripted formats before the pandemic they they were going back in style now there are no Olympics, 
So, and there are no sports on TV for at least a year. So that's a lot of real estate to occupy, you know, on a, on a grid. What can you put in production really soon? Unscripted. What can you do unscripted formats is even uh, faster. So I, I feel for my friends, my Canadian uh, colleagues, obviously that are do a lot of physical production. Um, and I see the there is a big problem with our broadcasters that are losing uh, money. But again, we will they will need to put something on there, and it will happen. It's up to us to figure out how to deliver. That's the main concern. How can you deliver? Because the demand will be there. But right now, yes, the cash flow is really really tight. Like everybody around the world. So at least it's a big equalizer you know our cash flow problems are your cash flow problems are my competitors uh, cash flow problems the big and the small companies we all feel the same pain so at least we're all in the same boat so it just levels everything out sophie ferron from media ranch in montreal that's all for this episode. Remember, if you'd like to share your story of coping with COVID-19 with the international TV industry, email us using the address press at c21media.net. There'll be more from the podcast tomorrow, but in the meantime, stay safe and stay up to date with all the latest developments by following C21 online, on mobile and social media. Thanks for listening. <laughs>